You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, March 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And today our episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'd like to begin the show today by giving a special shout out to subscribers to this podcast. And if you would like to join that group, just go to your favorite podcast source and click the subscribe button and we will deliver new episodes to you each morning as they are posted. The NFL offseason continues and the Jets keep making moves. Now, they're not happening at a particularly fast rate, but there have been a couple additional signings by the Jets since we last spoke, and we're going to talk about them on today's show. Now, ever since the first day of free agency where the Jets got Corey Davis and Carl Lawson, who were pretty significant signings, there has been a theme in free agency for the Jets, and it's that they've been seeking out role players at fair prices. Now, heading into this offseason, I thought the Jets were going to be very active in trying to find starters at a discount price, and I've talked extensively about why I felt this was possible. Because of some of the mechanics in the NFL this offseason, with the salary cap going down, with teams not having as much money to spend, with some teams just trying to get cap compliant, there were going to be deals out there to be had. More deals than your typical offseason. Every offseason, there are good deals out there. This offseason, it looked like there were going to be more good deals than your typical free agency period. And largely, the Jets have stayed out of those deals. And I think the first one, the first legitimate, the first signing that could be a legitimate deal for a an impact, a guy who could have an impact came on Sunday. It was, an, it was reported on Sunday that the Jets agreed to terms with Saints defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, and if you've been following the Saints, you know that they have cap issues and they've had to let some players go. And this is this could be an example of the Jets taking advantage of that, taking advantage of another team's cap situation. There were plenty of reports out there that there were a lot of a lot of teams interested in Rankins. He's a former first round pick. Now he does come with some question marks, and I cannot answer those questions. There are certain things I can talk about. You know, I can tell you what happens on the film. I can break down salary cap matters. I can talk broadly about concepts of value in the NFL. There are certain things I just can't talk about. One of them is character concerns. You know, you hear frequently, especially heading into the draft, about a guy with character concerns, and that's a phrase that can be used for any number of things, some of which can concern you about a prospect, others of which maybe not so much, but I, I can't really speak to those. I don't really have a good, good enough information to ever tell you about character concerns, except in like extreme cases. Another thing I cannot really tell you about are injuries. I am not a medical professional. I don't pretend to be a medical professional on like some certain people out there. I just don't can't tell you anything about injuries. And with Rankins, the questions are really about injuries. Because if you followed his career, again, he was a former first-round pick. 
immensely talented player and looked like he was really a guy who was on the rise. You know, he was drafted back in 2016, 2017. He had a pretty good year. 2018, he really started to put the pieces together. And he, you know, he may not have been a pro bowler, but he played at that level. He, he was developing into an impact player. And then in the playoffs in 2018, he suffered an injury in a divisional game against the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, I remember that happening. It was an Achilles injury. I remember feeling terrible because I knew the kind of season he had. You could see the kind of trajectory he was on, and you could tell this was going to be a serious injury. And if you recall, that was the game in New Orleans. It was a divisional round game. The Eagles were the defending champions. They were looking to go back to the NFC Championship game. And on the final drive, a pass hit Alshon Jeffrey in the hands and was intercepted by the Saints. The Saints, of course, went on the next week to lose to the Rams in the NFC Championship game on a very controversial non-call on a blatant pass interference play. Late in the fourth quarter, the Rams went on to win in overtime. But anyway, Rankins was hurt the week earlier. He was hurt in the playoff games against, uh, playoff game against the Eagles. And it was Again, it was an Achilles injury. And he's been dealt with a couple injuries over the last two years. And he really has not been the same player. So the question becomes, can he get back to being the player he was? And there was a good article on Sports Illustrated's website. Uh, Connor Orr spoke with Rankins. They did some film work together. Connor Orr, you may remember way back when, was a actually a Jets beat writer with the Star Ledger. He's since gone on to work for a couple of national publications. And Rankins mentioned that it really wasn't until last season, until we got relatively late into the year, where he felt like he was really comfortable. You know, an Achilles injury can be very serious. It can take a little while to overcome. And Rankins, you know, was talking about how he was it was always on his mind. It was always in the back of his head up until you got to a point late last season or, you know, middle the middle of part of last season through late last season. He's dealt with injuries the last two years. So you wonder the extent to which those injuries have impacted him. And you wonder the extent to which they have hurt his level of play. And, you know, this is not a guy who's been on the field a whole lot the last couple of years. He's only, you know, he's not played a whole lot of snaps the last two years, and he has not had the same level of impact. And you wonder, maybe is this an injury? Because, it, it, again, it is a very serious injury. I mean, I may not be a doctor, but I do know that an Achilles injury is very serious, and you know, experience does show us that sometimes it takes a while for a guy to get all the way back, and some guys never get all the way back. So it's an open question. You know, is, is this a case where maybe the last two years he struggled to get on the field, and he hasn't been the same player because he's still been feeling the effect of that injury. And is it a case where now he's feeling healthy, as he said in that article with Connor Orr? And if that's the case, this could turn out this could turn out to be a very, very good value move for the Jets. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and so is March Madness and college basketball. And Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today using promo code Locked On. It's one word. 
L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N with no space, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, talking about what happened over the weekend for the New York Jets. Most notably, news broke on Sunday that the Jets are signing former Saints defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins. It's a two-year contract worth up to $17 million. We have not heard many of the specifics yet, but what we do know, two years, potentially up to $17 million. And that can mean all sorts of different things. You know, we don't know the guarantees. We don't know the incentives. Sometimes these deals are very different from the initial reports because sometimes the money that's reported is going to be very difficult to obtain for the player. So we, we still wait on the exact breakdown. But the Jets are bringing in Sheldon Rankins, a former first-round pick of the Saints. And I've heard essentially two criticisms of this move. I think there's one that's legitimate and one that I don't think is quite as legitimate. Now, the, the legitimate one we kind of addressed in the first segment, which is, this is a guy who's been injured a lot. So, first of all, do we know whether he's healthy? You know, is, the, is this guy ever going to get back to the player he was before the injury? And kind of hand-in-hand hand with that, he hasn't been that productive the last two years. And you can point, I think you, you probably would point to the injury he suffered in the playoffs in 2018 to explain some of that. But, you know, there's a question. Is this ever going to be the guy who we saw in 2018 looked like a rising star in this league. And I think that that's one, that's one criticism of this move. And I think it's a pretty legitimate criticism. The second criticism I don't think is as fair. And I think people are just looking at the position defensive tackle and saying the jets don't need a defensive tackle. I don't agree with that criticism. And I, I will tell you why. And listen, I was, one of the first people who said the Jets should not be spending big on interior defensive linemen because they're okay there. You know, this is like a spot where they're decent. But this is not something I would equate to a couple of years ago when the Jets signed C.J. Mosley because when the Jets signed C.J. Mosley, first of all, they were making him one of the highest-paid defensive players in the NFL. They're not doing that with Rankins. But the big, the big issue I had with Mosley is that his skill set was essentially replicated by guys the Jets already had. They had Avery Williamson. They had Jamal Adams. Everything Mosley could do, the Jets already had guys who could do it. I don't think the Jets have guys who could do what Rankins is capable of, at least, if again, if Rankins is healthy and can get back to his 2018 form. They have quality interior defensive linemen. Of course, Quinn and Williams is not going anywhere. And I've heard people say, well, what about John Franklin Myers? What about Foley Fatukasi? Well, they're not going anywhere either. They're still going to be on the team. But these were guys who played really well last year in part-time roles. You know, these were guys who played somewhere between 40 and 50% of the defensive snaps for the Jets. And these are guys who are part-time playing. Yeah, look, you could get by with these guys. They do a good job for you. It, you would not have a weakness. But there's a difference between a position not being a weakness and it being a big-time strength. And these kind of this kind of move could help turn... The defensive tackle spot into a big t into a big time position of strength for the Jets because now you put Fatukasi and Meyer Franklin Myers into part time roles and that's where they thrived last year. Again, could they do pretty well in more expansive roles? Sure, but now you're putting them back into more simplistic roles, roles that they've thrived in. 
you know, neither of those guys is going to be a great. They'll 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 have success in part-time roles, but they're not going to be a full-time partner for a Quinn and Williams. These are two guys who could cause a ton of disruption on the interior defensive line. And you add Carl Lawson up front, suddenly you're building a, a front four that's you know maybe not complete right now, but you're starting to put together the pieces into what eventually could become a really really good front four. And I think part of this goes back to Robert Sala, what he wants on defense. He doesn't want a defensive line that can just get by. He wants his defensive line to go out there and dominate. And I think that this is a scheme, and I'm going to be very careful with how I phrase this, because on some level, every scheme in the NFL relies on its defensive line. But I think that the Jets are installing a scheme that is more reliant on on the defensive line than any we've seen in recent memory. And again, that's not to say the defensive line has not been important in the past, but this is a scheme where I think the defensive line is going to be expected to go out there and dominate. And this is not a a scheme where you just want to say, okay, we're okay up front. We're decent up front. We're we're solid up front. The Jets are trying to turn this into a position of major strength. They want all kinds of impact players. And again, you're putting guys into roles that they can handle. Fatoukasi will be in, probably see his share of action on rundowns. Franklin Myers will come in on passing downs. You're essentially making, I think this signing, if again, if it works out, if Rankins is healthy, could make those guys better as well. This is a case where you cannot just look at the position, at least in my opinion, because if you look at the position, you're saying, oh, well, they brought in another defensive tackle. They didn't need a defensive tackle. But what they brought in, they brought in a guy with so much talent that he could potentially be, again, somebody who plays next to Quinn and Williams full-time and really, really causes some havoc. That's something the Jets did not have before. And, you know, I go back to Mosley. C.J. Mosley plays linebacker, which is not a very important position in today's NFL. This is the defensive line, a position that's a premium position and a very and a premium position in this new defensive scheme. If the Jets were signing like a Henry Anderson type player who it doesn't really bring in anything the existing guys on the team do not, you know, Henry Anderson, there'd be a lot of overlap between the guys the Jets already have. And that's one of the reasons they cut him rather than continue to keep him at his current price. That's where I'd have an issue. That's where you say you don't want to sign the defensive lineman. You don't want to sign somebody who is more expensive and doesn't really bring anything new to the table. Somebody who essentially just brings you what you already have. Rankins brings an element the Jets did not have on this defensive line. Again, if he's healthy, and that's just a question I cannot answer. I cannot answer whether or not he's healthy. I cannot answer whether or not, you know, his body's going to hold up and allow him to get back to that 2018 form. But if he can, this is going to turn into a very good signing for the Jets. This is going to turn into a, a real bargain signing. It's the type of move you should be seeking out in free agency. So I, I don't agree with the criticisms that he's a defensive tackle. A def- you can always use an extra defensive tackle like Sheldon Rankins. We have been telling you for a while now about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. You may be watching March Madness, the college basketball tournament. Well, Built Bar set up its own tournament between all of its flavors, and today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. And you can go to BuiltBar.com or to Bar underscore Built on Twitter to check it out. And obviously, birthday cake. I mean, come on. Coconut versus birthday cake. 
birthday cake all the way. Also, remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, talking about what the Jets have done in free agency over the last couple of days. We have spoken about the addition of Shelton Rankins. There was one other move. It was reported on Friday that the Jets agreed to terms on a one-year contract with tight end Tyler Croft, who has spent the last couple of seasons with the Buffalo Bills. Prior to that, he was a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a one-year deal worth around $2 million or so. And at the top of the show, I mentioned how prior to Rankins, the Jets had been looking for role players at fair prices. And this is an example. This is not a move that's going to necessarily have a huge impact for the Jets. It's a move that should upgrade the position a little bit, the tight end position. I don't think Croft is really a starting-level player. I think he's a second tight end. I think he's a number two tight end, and he's a very competent number two tight end. You know, if you're looking for the description of your typical number two tight end, it's going to be somebody who's a quality blocker who is at least a functional player when you send him out on routes. And I think that that Croft fits that description. I think sometimes what happens when you have a player who's not a particularly dynamic receiving threat, somebody who's not a great athlete who can threaten the seam, they tend to get the good blocker label whether or not they actually are. You know, I I feel like there's this perception Ryan Griffin's a good blocker when he's really not, and part of that comes from him just not being a very dynamic receiving threat. And I've said many times that if Ryan Griffin could actually block, you know, he'd be a, a useful player for the Jets as a second tight end. Croft is actually a pretty good blocker. And again, sometimes what happens is, when you have guys who are really good blockers, they give you nothing in the passing game. They're not even a useful short target if you send them out on routes. Croft at least forces the defense to account for him. So he's not like he's not like a third tackle on the field. He's a guy who's at least a competent pass catcher. So, look, I, I don't want to overstate how much Croft is going to help the Jets. I think he upgrades a spot on the team. I think he upgrades the second tight end spot. I don't think he's going to be the starter over Chris Herndon. I think, you know, if you're if you're looking for a new starter at the t- at the position, I think you're going to have to keep looking. I I view Croft as more of a second tight end, the guy who's going to have a blocking role, but will occasionally go out on routes and, you know, can uh, there there will be weeks where he may be able to help with a couple of catches here or there. He's not going to change the passing game though. Not going to be a, an enormous addition, I, I don't think. A guy who will be a competent player in the role the Jets put him in. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.